0: Now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncy. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon. D-Boy, Spencer, Shay, both alongside me here today. How's it going, fellas? Yeah.
1: Happy to be here, Pete. Happy to be here. I'll be outside with it, but, you know, if it's popping, the bell will slide. Right? I'm so Thank I'll be you. here. <laughs> you
2: sound like a
0: familiar D-Boy lyric to me. That's a D-Boy bar. That's it a been, D-Boy
2: it bar. It's circulating lately, man. I, yeah? I had three people post, uh, tag me in some music. They've been slapping them on yesterday. I said, it must be a sign. I got a question. It must have, be a sign.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had, like... Anybody caption your lyrics? Like obviously that's a popular thing in music where Drake, whenever he drops, For you sure. know that he's gonna have so many Instagram captions that up quotables, notable quotables. Yeah, yeah. Hey,
2: and it's crazy you said that because I've had it, I've had it captioned on obviously a, a regular post too. But then I have some shit where I'll be just scrolling on my feed, somebody slapping me and will quote something and don't even tag me. And then I'm yeah. like, that's the ones that's really crazy. It's like when you see somebody tag you. You kind of expect to know what it is, but it's like when you just scrolling and that happening, you're like, okay, I see you nice. it's, a, it's a good yeah. feeling. Yeah, it's a it good is. feeling. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start with some announcements. We'll start with a not so good announcement, but it'll be Shit. made up for here shortly. We've been promoting the Brian Hooks comedy show, the oh, PD yeah. experience mm-hmm. this weekend. Unfortunately, we had to postpone. Two of the talents tested positive for covid They are doing okay. Obviously, that matters first and foremost. But we wanted to keep everybody safe and healthy. We weren't going to throw the show without a couple of the talents. Brian Hooks doesn't want to take any risk. He's in the Bay Area tonight, as we're recording this on a Thursday night. He was coming to Portland Saturday and then flying to do a show in New Jersey on Sunday. So, obviously, he didn't want to run that risk. None of us here want to run that risk. But we do have a date, October 29th. Brian Hooks will be still coming here to Portland to put on a heck of a stand-up comedy show. So you can still go to the thejacklondonreview.com, get tickets there. We had a lot of we had a decent amount of tickets sold already for this week. So if you already mm-hmm. purchased a ticket, your ticket will still be good on October 29th. That's very important to say because a lot of people are expecting a good show this weekend.
2: Say P, I commend us on that. We don't do enough commending ourselves. I commend us on that decision too, first and Man. foremost, because uh truthfully, uh both of the talents that tested positive would have been technically a day or so out of quarantine and able to perform. Yeah, but again, true. the breathing room was a little bit too close, no pun intended. But I just didn't feel, we didn't feel like it was the right thing to do to try to take that chance on any of us. As he mentioned, Brian Hooks will be hitting different cities and states right after immediately following the amount of people that, you know, we around and what we do is just, it's not worth posing that risk. So yeah. I, I commend us for, postponing it, and I think it's the blessing in disguise is going to be even bigger during that Halloween weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate what you said about that, by the way, the commending right. ourselves. Yeah, that, that's we, don't, something... we don't
2: do that enough. Yeah, 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 not for him. sure. No. But
1: also, again, like you said, start your weekend off at the comedy show, yeah. a Halloween weekend. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a
2: hit. Yeah,
0: it's going to yeah. be that's a gonna hit. That's going to be a hit. So it's still, yeah. gonna, it's still going on. Right. And it will be a great weekend to have a show. And again, piggybacking off of what you just said, beyond us not wanting to play it too close, it just felt morally right to give those two comics some time to recover mm-hmm. because COVID obviously is a serious virus. I'm somebody that's had COVID before, so I know you don't just bounce right back as soon as your quarantine is up, at least in my experience. Obviously, that may be different in other people's experience. But I haven't had it yet. Yeah.
2: I ain't had it, but I feel like in most people that I've talked to, I'm obviously if I know somebody who gets it, I'm curious as to what symptoms they felt, or you know, you you just get curious in times like this. So I feel like nobody I've talked to said. Oh, yeah, I beat that shit hella cool and I bounced right back. Yeah, no, it gets right on top of you, bro. It's serious. Yeah, for sure. and,
0: And we acknowledge Brian Hooks having some upcoming gigs and, you know, obviously wanting him to be safe and sound to be able to do each of those gigs. Hopefully, no breakouts happen at any of those gigs. But damn it, I had something to do too. The Street Roots Family Breakfast next Thursday, September 30th. It's our biggest fundraising event of the year over at Street Roots, um, the last couple of years where last year was the first year, this year will be the second. We do a broadcast edition. It used to be a situation where we'd gather about five hundred people over at the convention center and I in went Portland. Before and it was, Absolutely it was beautiful. It was a great it's it's a great breakfast. But like you it said is, virtual a great, go crazy fun, too though. It, we made the most money we ever made at our annual breakfast last year on the broadcast edition.
2: What do you think is that credible too? Cause you would think, you know, in person you got them Impulse, But I I feel like it's easier not to do it, just like I feel like it's easier not to pay attention virtually. How do you think y'all made more money in that regard?
0: Well, I think there was a lot of elements in our case. We were so adaptable during the pandemic. We all know, you know, the world shut down, essentially, and the work that we did to sustain during the pandemic, to continue to stay open during the pandemic, to give resources, to give opportunities to those that are unhoused, who obviously lost out on a lot of the resources that they previously had before, you know, the world shut down, essentially. I think that was very touching for people to be able to see because we went through some stuff that year, having to adapt on the fly to a pandemic and still Stay open and continue to operate. And again, continue to give services to unhoused people. Also, huh. I hate to give... Well, you you already gave me permission to commend myself. Mm-hmm. I did pretty damn good <laughs> on that day. broadcast last year.
2: Yeah, you, you do. Your I, I, I yeah. did pretty good. I, I'll be day. honest
0: with you. I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm not saying this in a cocky way by any means, but this was my first time ever doing something like that last year. So I'm literally coming into a situation where I don't know what I'm getting into. I understand the, the stakes of... This broadcast because it's our family breakfast. It's our biggest fundraiser, so it's actual money on the line in terms yeah, of right. me sure. having to, you know, hold my own doing the broadcast, doing the pitch, and it was kind of a hit, bro. Yeah. I'll be honest you, with you, like the you broadcast. and
2: abundantly it, did your thing. It
0: was kind of a hit, and yeah. so you know, and I'm doing it alongside Maggie Vespa. Who is an Emmy award-winning journalist? So that helps having an Emmy winner, an Emmy winner, somebody who you know the community is already used to seeing on their TV in their living rooms. As she works for KGW News, which is Portland's NBC affiliate, so to have that familiarity involved again, I did great. Uh-huh. Um, our organization honestly just did so much during the course of that year, and people were really touched by that broadcast. It sure. triggered all kinds of sure. emotions. There, it, was, there were funny moments. Mm-hmm. There were crying moments. There were, yeah. there were the, moments of the sadness. Yeah. There yeah. were moments of yeah. gratitude. There were so many emotions that were triggered, and I felt like that led people to give more, right. and we made the most it, amount of money it, we've ever made it, in that fundraiser. no
1: attempt to try to denigrate your broadcast because it was great, But I feel like the interesting thing, and this is just me, you know, sort of pontificating about the subject, but the interesting thing about those sort of virtual broadcasts is, is like like, you have less opportunity to, like, show your engagement. So, like, donating is a way that you can show in the moment that you're engaging and maybe... You know, it, when you're at like an event that you are attending, it's it, you know people can sort of garner more of their like experience from like social cachet. But on the broadcast, you got to you, know, you got to so engage, you got yeah. to spend you know, money, yeah. and so and so a mouthpiece in that setting is the perfect weapon to get people to come a about the pockets. You know a saying? genuine or, yeah, mouthpiece. A yeah, genuine yeah,
2: yeah. Do you think that? um do you think that it helped maybe reach more people because it was virtual instead of just the 500 people that you can pack into the convention center room? If
0: it didn't help reach more people, it helped reach, reach deeper into money. people's pockets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you think that I think, it wasn't uh, was a numbers I, I, game ultimately with I, the fact that we virtually probably had more people about, could tune in?
0: We probably had about the same amount of people to tune in. And really? Their, and, That's and, interesting. And, and I think the reason is was so many people were still new to having to do this virtual thing, mm. like
2: it was probably some as of the norm. Like essentially. you said, it was probably some feeling and more feeling involved in the giving it, it, right. the normal. Yeah, like it was you guys a lot are of film, overcoming it, and working through this issue in addition to which you guys work and stand for it was probably
0: like yeah because oh, sure. we
1: all went through the pandemic but people lived outside during it like, exactly are you kidding and, me? and, and That's in way, our case way harder
0: and in our case in the case of a lot of our vendors who obviously receive a, a decent amount of the brilliant really, really majority of the amount of coverage in this broadcast is you know telling their stories and the things that they're doing and in terms of going out in the streets and doing outreach and right. you yeah. know their 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 artistic ways of expression poetry doing poetry readings telling the stories of of just you know Unhoused people I, that end up getting housed, telling the stories of you know. in this year, I can't really spill what's going to be on the broadcast because I it want cost? folks to be surprised. How
2: much does it cost to tune in this year?
0: It, the the actual broadcast is free. Nice. There is a breakfast element to it, so you could pick your breakfast up. I think it's forty dollars. You can pick your breakfast up at Street Roots the day before and eat the breakfast during the broadcast as you're watching so you it. Pre order the breakfast? or at home is it a stack or in of your
2: Belgian room? waffles and a crab omelet. No, it's, it's like a, it's a frittata, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I,
1: so it's really I, good, and it's, mean, it's really good. I think I had it's like some. a frittata. Okay. yeah. It's, I did yeah. want to quickly correct myself. I said went through the pandemic, still going through Yeah, the absolutely,
0: nice. absolutely, we definitely are. But no, it, it's a huge deal, and I hope all of you all can tune in. Head over to the Street Roots website, any of the Street Roots social media. We are posting and promoting, and again, RSVP, you know, we do have an element where you can RSVP to the broadcast. It's a free broadcast. If you want breakfast breakfast it, you can purchase breakfast. But obviously, there's a little bit of expectation for you to donate. Now, I wouldn't even put an expectation on it. But obviously, we have an, an element where I'm giving a pitch, and it is time for folks to donate at the different tiers that we have selected for this year's Street Roots Annual Breakfast. So please check it out. Please support it. I'll be pushing it this week as we're leading up to the day of trying to reach ninety oh, thousand dollars. Okay. That's our goal.
1: Okay, That's our goal. Last
0: year, last year to go was seventy k. We hit like eighty one on yeah. the broadcast. We might have ended with like eighty four total because you know after the broadcast you have people that you know still are pitching in based on just how the broadcast went, um, but yeah, 90s to go this 90's year, man. Goal. That's a good 90s goal. to go. Goal. It's a solid goal. So, you know, maybe we hit six figures. Maybe we don't. We'll see on Thursday, and you should be seeing it with us on the Street Roots Family Breakfast broadcast. It will certainly be a delight, and you all will enjoy it. Also, first football game at Pacific University. It'll be October 9th against University of Puget Sound from Washington. I'll be calling it play-by-play this year. Um, for Pacific University, so I'm certainly excited to do play-by-play for college you ever, you football. You ever called a football game? Never called a football game. I've only done like pre and post game shows. So when I was with 750, we were the home of the Ducks at that time. We were the station that were contracted with the Ducks, so all their games aired on our station. We obviously had a lot of Ducks coverage on our shows, and I usually would just go cover the game, you know, be in the press box, do my thing, go to the press conference after the game, so on and so forth. But my co-host Justin actually hosted the pre- and post-game show from Austin Stadium. So, you know, you got your street team come up and set up the platform right outside of Austin Stadium, like outside of the stadium, but where you enter basically into the stadium, I should say, and... There was a week he was out, and so I filled in for him and did the pre- and post-game show live from Austin Stadium. That was a pretty cool experience, pretty dope. So I've done that. Never play-by-play, though, for an actual game. That is new territory for me in terms of football. Obviously, I've done a lot of basketball play-by-play, so it'll be new territory, and I'm excited to jump in it, man. I'm excited for it. So that is October 9th. And then go and check out basketball schedules. They were just released yesterday. Portland State, all of our home games will be broadcasted on ESPN Plus. They just released their basketball schedule yesterday. Pacific University men's and women's basketball team, who I'm the play-by-play's voice there, they have released their schedules yesterday. At Portland State, I'm the analyst. Pacific, I'm the play-by-play announcer. So, Go and check all of those schedules out. Make sure you tune in to me. Make sure you subscribe to ESPN Plus. Wow, what am I doing right now? Promoting ESPN Plus on my podcast, and well, I know what I'm doing promoting them. I'll be on their broadcast going forward this season, as the Big Sky Conference now has a contract with the uh, ESPN Plus. They have a new partnership with ESPN Plus to broadcast their game. So. Go ahead and subscribe if you want to hear me on the that's call. Exciting, there. ain't it? Super exciting. <laughs> that's crazy. Super exciting. Devon so.
2: Pouncy and ESPN Plus. Thank you. I got the tag. Somebody
0: buy this man a hat rack. Uh, uh, just a little bit. Where's I, I the, got
2: where's the tag. Where is the people coming in, clapping? Oh, You're supposed oh, to oh do you a need that. You need
0: the crowd chant for Come that, on, huh? We'll give you crowd the crowd chant. chant. There's gonna be plenty crowd chanting we'll, on we'll ESPN you, Plus. We'll, we'll give you the 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 crowd cheer. There we go. There we go. There, there we, we go. go. So no that's half-ass in here. A little crowd here for that. So, yeah, definitely check us out there. As, as the football games and the basketball games will both be on GoBoxers.com, so the official website for the Pacific University Boxers, and you can watch the broadcast on their website for those games. Damn, do I got any more announcements? Oh, I do. I was on the WHATS podcast. What is the acronym for We Have a Take? This is my second time being on the We Have a Take podcast hosted by Tara, and super appreciative for her having me on that podcast. We talked Portland Trailblazers. as A lot of their coverage is on that. She's a huge Portland Trailblazer fan. We talked about social justice in the NBA. We talked about all kind of stuff. It was about an hour-long episode, and we were really able to dig deep. Obviously, I was able to give my takes because – what else are you going to do on the We Have a Take podcast? So go subscribe to their podcast. Check it out. Um, she's also a huge supporter of the Wake Up and Win podcast, somebody who always promotes us and pushes us and supports us here. So it's always cool to be able to, to network and, and and share platforms, essentially, with other local podcasters, especially ones that support your own podcast. So it was super dope. You'll hear some good hoop takes out of me, especially in regards to your team, Spencer. The Portland Trailblazers.
1: How you feeling coming into this season? It's right around the corner. Well, it's right around the corner. I reserve my judgment on how I'm feeling until I see, uh, until I see the writing on the wall, or or at least <laughs> until I I can I can kind of get suss out how Dame feels. Because man, look, what I know right now is is that Damian Lillard is going to play for the Portland Trailblazers next season. Yeah, he 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 came out and said it. And so, outside of that, I have no. <laughs> it's crazy, because- real faith or what? You know what I'm saying? Which, which is a crappy thing to say, but it's like I kind of, I'm just like, all I have faith in is that man's word at this point because yeah. the organization has just been operating off shaky ground and and just making dicey move after dicey move, and you, you know, when you stack up a lot of dominoes, bro. It looks really, really cool when you knock that first one down and it all works out. Yeah. But if you've ever tried to set up a bunch of dominoes and you're moving around the living room or the kitchen floor or whatever and you accidentally knock something, it's way easier to accidentally knock something and have it all fall apart fact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. It's crazy you said that because I was asked, like, what should the Blazers be most excited about from this offseason? Is it Dames coming back? That's That's exactly what I said. That's That's exactly what I said. That's all you have to hold on to right (laughs) now. And you haven't heard that episode yet. Obviously, you're here on this podcast, but just so folks know, that was my exact take there. So... You're pretty on point there, well, brother. You know the game. That? You know the game. Yeah, well, that is that is kind of sad. What,
2: what do y'all think the premise of that is? Y'all was just expecting? When I say y'all, you obviously just a local here, so you obviously are very tuned in. I'm not saying that's your favorite team, but were you just expecting like such a home run off season? Do they not have time now? Like what? What would have made it more to look forward to? Because I feel like that's pretty much always what it's meant.
1: Well, I mean, traditionally, look, man, traditionally in the way that the league goes, you know, especially as of late, but even, you know, in our era, say when we were younger, it's like when you're a team that's middling or struggling or looking to make a quote-unquote splash, uh, traditionally you need a blockbuster trade. Mm -hmm. That's what's needed to make a big enough noise to, to shake up the conference or shake up the league or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. You need a blockbuster trade. Portland is in, is allergic to blockbuster trades. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't <laughs> yeah. do those. They don't do those. Don't they know. don't do those. They don't do those. But we'll talk about the Blazers when the
0: season comes yeah, along because yeah, yeah. I, we were still in the announcements portion, and I actually wanted to start today's episode as we jumped into the content leading with the ladies because there have been some historic promotions In the sports media space, in terms of women getting historic gigs in this space, starting with Lisa Byington of the Milwaukee Bucks, she was just announced as the Milwaukee Bucks uh, play-by-play TV announcer, and this is like the first time... That a woman has been named the announcer in a professional men's sports league, a major professional men's sports league in America. So, super historic there, and we'll give a chant for that. Oh, yeah. Well That's desired. a huge deal. Well That's desired. a huge deal. Like, especially, you know, me being in a play by play space, I now obviously have a lot more interest in the play by play space and in, you know, gigs that folks get that don't look white because I've been in a lot of different gyms broadcasting for games. And I look to the left of me. I look to the right of me when I'm at these score tables, I'm looking to see who the broadcaster is for the opposing team that's coming to play against my team. They're usually, usually not women and they're usually white. So this is a very significant deal for me because as somebody in that space, I know the lack of diversity that there is in the, you know, in-game broadcasting space, whether it be an analyst or a play-by-play announcer. So this is a really huge deal for me to be able to see such a historic moment as I'm in the profession currently.
2: Yeah, that make a lot of sense. I,
1: you know, I keep thinking, all I keep thinking about when, when we were, while this was brought to the attention, it's like, it's the same thing I always think. It's like, the only real, quote-unquote, you know, uh, backlash to, women being uh, calling sports or talking about sports or whatever it's always been a bunch of people that men that go like well how do they know about sports they never played in the league blah 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 and it just makes me laugh because I'm like you know these women that go back and check the resume they've worked I'm pretty sure uh Byington has worked I- as an NCAA play-by-play announcer I think she was one of the first Men's uh, play-by-play announcers That was a woman If I if I remember correctly In that article
0: Yeah, but she, like, she's the first she, she becomes And joining the Bucks Byington becomes The first female Full-time TV Play-by-play announcer For a major Men's professional Yeah, like a professional team.
1: league No, but I'm saying I think later on in that article It uh-huh. says that she was also Like a pioneer In the NCAA college Got realm you, in that same got, you van. got you Yeah But it just cracks me up Because I'm like You know, all these people That quote-unquote Like disagree Or have backlash It's like These are women that have been... Not only do they just know as much about sports as everyone else because it's been their job, but mm-hmm. also on top of that, they've had to listen to all of these fools try to like kick them a bunch of crap takes yeah. about sports and try yeah. to like sun them. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so, like, not yes. only do they have their own formulated opinions, but they also get to hear a bunch of other crap that they're like, well, I ain't gonna, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, it's just funny to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're like... more
0: tested in that
1: regard. Yes. I feel like when you have to deal with like, like when you have
0: to deal with people disrespecting your ability to have a take to me, that's a almost tougher than, well, really it is tougher than somebody whose take is always respected and they haven't dealt with sort of the tension of somebody not respecting their take. Yeah. So with women having to always show, improve and show and tell it, it, it not only professionally, but in their individual, private and social lives, they are a lot more seasoned in being able to get this job in some ways than a lot of men are, especially yeah. uh, you know a, a lot of men who have never been in this profession because those are often usually the ones that say that the women shouldn't be in this profession. Yeah, it's, it's men that have haven't no been idea. in it. <laughs> <I have no laughs> That's no what makes what it about, worse. Yeah. Like You haven't even been a play-by-play announcer. You've never broadcasted a game in your life. Yeah. Who are you to say this woman who has been doing this for X amount of years is not credible enough to be able to do this just because she's a woman and you've never even done this before. It doesn't make sense to me, but, you know. Me neither. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So a huge congratulations to her. We also have to give a congratulations to the homie, to the inaugural guest of the Wake Up and Win podcast, Malika Andrews. Hey. Oh, yeah. Malika Andrews will have a new show on ESPN. It'll be a new NBA show Many of us are familiar with um, what took place with The Jump and Rachel Nichols and so on and so forth. And her show is now being replaced with Malika Andrews' show that will be called NBA Today. So we got to make sure that we give uh, another crowd chant here for that of Malika Andrews. Oh, yeah.
2: 26. Big prop. Twenty six. She That's really cool. got it out the mud. That's she cold. T- so. She went. That's cold,
0: man. Twenty six, yeah. and, and I and I. She's I, dangerous, dog. Oh man, she <laughs> is dangerous. She bro. might be the biggest thing we've ever seen come out of sports media. I mean, in due time, based on her, based on the trajectory and the momentum that she yeah. has in the industry right now, like she is something we've never seen before.
2: I that's not wrong. Not she was lying. something
1: we'd never seen she, before. She, she was sidelining the bubble before she could rent a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. and I
0: did get to speak with Malika. You know, obviously, you know, whenever these moments come up for her, I try to make sure that, you know, she knows she always has my support. In this space, in this industry, because, again, her being a woman, first and foremost, she deals with her own challenges being in this space, but also seeing her thrive and seeing her succeed. And I know there's many people out there cheering for her as well, but I just like to take the personal responsibility to allow her to know that I'm rooting for her as well. And then I tried to get her on the podcast to talk about the show as well. We talked about her being on the inaugural episode, and she did say that she will hopefully be on the podcast soon, but her getting this gig, she's now moving across the country right now. Um, She's obviously preparing for this show that's going to air. It's going to debut, I think, October 18th, if I'm not mistaken, which is like the day after opening day. So it's coming up. She's, you know... The jump was she's broadcasted. She's replacing the jump straight up. Yeah, the jump was broadcasted yeah. in L.A., but she's been doing most of her coverage with ESPN on the East Coast in New York, Chicago, Milwaukee, so on and so forth. So she's coming back. Come west on, Malika, She's from the Bay. carve
1: a couple hours out and do the pod. Come she, on, Malika. She
0: will. She will. One thing about Malika, man, and I, I'm not one of those people to talk about, like, who's Hollywood or who isn't Hollywood, but Malika has never – active. Weird to me, you know what I mean? In terms of just the the genuine relationship her and I garnered by way of, you know, meeting each other during meeting each other in this industry and she's having her own success. I'm obviously doing what I'm doing in this space as well, but She's always been rock solid to me. So I totally believe that she'll come back on this podcast soon enough. She definitely didn't count it out. And the fact that she even responded during I mean, I hit her up the day that the 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 press release, the yeah. ESPN released the hot announcement. The press. So it's hot off the press. Everybody is hitting her up. Like yeah, she's getting going hit crazy. up. Twitter's going yeah. crazy. Instagram's going crazy. Notifications are going crazy. I didn't even expect her really to respond to me, not because she doesn't usually, because she does usually respond to me, but just because I understand understood how busy of a day that must have been that's a crazy day in her life so she did indeed respond so like I said I'm not even worried about the day or the time or if she will or if she doesn't come onto this podcast I believe that she will 100% but regardless I'm cheering her on tremendously for her being able to get such a prime spot at the the worldwide leader in sports essentially in ESPN
2: For sure. She's a powerhouse. Shout out to her.
0: Absolutely. And then while I'm scrolling on my Twitter timeline today, I saw that there was another woman who was announced as the play-by-play announcer for Philly, for the Philadelphia 76ers. They did the same thing as well. I don't recall her name, my my situation. Kate Scott. Kate Scott.
2: Kate Scott. Kate Scott.
0: She is from the Bay Area. I had never heard of her until I saw the announcement pop up on my timeline today. Um, She's from the Bay Area, and she was announced today as the broadcasting play-by-play announcer for the Philadelphia 76ers. So if Lisa Byington just got announced last week as the first female play-by-play broadcaster, and K. Scott just got announced today, and unless somebody slipped through the cracks, I ain't seen no other women get announced. This is the second Woman <laughs> being able to do this in this role in this position, or at least in the NBA in particular, for sure. So, huge congratulations to Kate Scott again. Good, it's good. beautiful to be leading with the ladies today. Yeah, put the in. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's what we're calling the title. That's what we're titling the episode leading today. The Let's lead with the ladies today because tired. a lot of history is being made. So, again, congratulations. That's how I like to use uh, live my life
1: anyway. Generally, ah, i
0: lead with the ladies. Guess what jessica mendoza and melanie newman to reportedly call espn's first all women mlb broadcast we have more history on the horizon from the ladies can we get another
1: crowd check that's, this is historic gates stuff. gates are open, the gates are open, bro. <laughs> oh, it's man. super dope. Yeah, l- bring it on. Fine by
0: me. Let's go. Absolutely, you know, one hundred percent. Just see, like I said, just somebody that's been in this space now for you know five years, really, five, about five, well, four years. This will be year five. I'm, I'm heading into in terms of like I said, being you know a play by play or even a color analyst. I know how much diversity lacks. In this space, I know how much diversity lacks on press row. I know how much diversity lacks at these scores tables when folks are announcing these games. I have been in these gyms. I have played against team after team after team that obviously was facing the team that I was broadcasting for. And I don't often see women or people that look like me. So this is really a huge deal. And I'm super glad to see all these historic, iconic moments happening in American sports history and women's sports history and American history, for crying out loud, all within this close like range this of time, yeah. this week. Yeah. Like, all these yeah. announcements were were made this week. Lisa Byington was announced last week, and... I meant to actually talk about that on last week's episode, but we got into talking about something that doesn't matter, like top five rappers of all time, something crazy <laughs> that we got into talking about that you'll probably you know, hear us talk about sometimes it again it happens, it happens, it, sometime. It happens sometimes. So you'll probably still hear that coming again. But again, I wanted to lead with the ladies in terms of the content that we covered today because this has been an absolute historic week. And if nobody else is how, acknowledging how historic of a week this was, In the sports media space, I think it's very important for us to do so because these women are absolute powerhouses and
1: the gains are real. It's going to be so much better for commentary because, like, there are so many squares that do commentary (laughs) right now, bro. I mean, I I don't even, I generally don't even, like, I don't even remember the last time that I tuned into whether it be a football or basketball broadcast and had the commentary on that I was intently listening to. I'll tell it's you. It's way low on the TV, and I got music playing, or I'm talking with my friends or whatever. I'm never listening to commentary anymore. That's interesting. <laughs> Obviously,
0: I, I do listen to the commentary because it's the field that I work in, so I try to, you know, I, well, I try well, to quality learn. Quality broadcast. Yeah, I try to learn. Yeah, absolutely. There is, one, there is one play-by-play announcer that stands out in the NBA in particular, Eric Collins. Of the Hornets, uh, yeah, the Hornets. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh! No, there's he some is, good guys. His energy just, is know, crazy, but no, I hear, I hear exactly you know what, what you're saying. Like again, I, I, not, I don't hate to say this. You can sense and tell and feel flavor when you're interacting with a lot of these people in this industry at a sports venue, at mm-hmm. a game, mm-hmm. at. You know, when I'm at a stadium, at a football field, in the press box. (laughs) I mean, you can feel, you can see the flavor of a lot of these people. And you can glaringly see, again, where the diversity lacks in these spaces. So to see things being shaken up a bit again is why I think it was important for us to even bring up all of these women and the successes that they're having right now, because the lack of diversity is so glaring that even coming into it, it can either be really, really uncomfortable or you can almost be overconfident because, you know, like, I'm the only flavor at the scores table right now. I'm the only flavor on, on press row right now. So I'm needed here. Because there's nobody else that looks like me in this space. So me knowing that, you know, like I said, I, you could look at it in negative light and be uncomfortable because oftentimes when you're in places where it's a bunch of people that don't look like you by nature, you'll probably be uncomfortable. But at the same time, own it when you're in it, and you when you're it. actually on it and you're in it, it's like... Hey man, but I'm, I'm a little when bit more valuable, it, than you own on it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. When own you own yeah, you yeah. Feel yeah. Me? When when you own it, and, and again, absolutely. When you own that, you're the most flavored that's at the scores table or in the press box or on press row, and you do own that. It helps you get a little bit more of a boost and being able to really have some of these successes that we're seeing a lot of these women have, for example, because clearly they've owned what they've done yeah. leading up to this point and now here they are you, making history in this feel like space. A, you feel
1: like a fox in the hen house, man. You're like, oh, I'm <laughs> yeah, eating today. I'm what eating. Absolutely.
0: Eating. I'm. I, I, man, oh man, I can get so deep into this conversation <laughs> because it, it's my lived experience in that regard. So again, congratulations to those ladies for doing exactly what you said and owning their craft and being able to reap the benefits from Doing so, um, what are we talking about next, man? Now all the the lesser important stuff takes Comes place here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, let's talk about. We'll be now. talking
1: about rappers in no time. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Why? Because it's what <laughs> we do. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson's bounce back victory. I want to go to the NFL again this Hell week. Hell of a game! Hell, Hell of, a of a game! game. game. Night. Wow! Great game. Hell of a game! Sunday night. Hell,
2: uh, yeah. That was Sunday, Sunday night.
0: night. Hell of a game. Yeah. He had some Party awesome, spectacular Football was trash. Who
2: was it? The, the Green Bay Packers Lions, in Detroit? Detroit? Yeah, yeah, the I was Packers. Trying. Was that the yeah, Packers I don't game? Remember. Yeah, I remember that's that's what I mean. Those games. I, that's what I mean. Aaron yeah.
0: Jones had a crazy game on Monday night. He had like four touchdowns on the ground. And it yeah, was the a Packers game. The Packers but, uh, handled it was the win. I guess, wild. especially wild. coming back <laughs> behind the
2: Sunday night game. Yeah, that's it was what, that was my most remembered game for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But
0: good. but congratulations to Lamar Jackson, obviously being able to get that victory week one. We shat on him for all the obvious reasons, you know. It's Raider no, Nation they over shat here. On them.
2: We didn't. Oh, no, I, I, did. I <laughs> did. I did. I stuck up for him. You I, right shot I, him.
0: I, I, I shat on him. I shot on him because I'm oh, a Raiders no. fan. I did too. He yeah, took the yeah, 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 he took yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody had they their reasons L. for shitting on him. Sure, my yeah. reason for he, shitting he on took him. You your he took L that yeah, yeah. week. <laughs> did you
2: forget about that? <laughs> <laughs> I must be
0: I, stuck, that. Up him. Him. Him too, I stuck up for him. I stuck up
1: for him. I gave him a take L, but I stuck up for him. I
2: stuck up for him on my bed nap on Sunday night. Thank you. That's where I did stick up for him. So thank you. Money talks.
0: Bullshit walks. but I remember. what I here. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but but I'm just glad that he was able to have that performance for, like I said, obviously, coming out of week one, I only rooted against him because he played against the Raiders. Any other time, you know, he's a young black quarterback. I want to see him have all the success in the world that he could possibly have. And then week two, you get a primetime game against the Kansas City Chiefs, who, for one, is a division rival of, of mine as an Oakland or a Las Vegas Raider fan. Jeez, that's still hard to say. But beyond that, He didn't do well on a Monday night football primetime game against the Raiders. He got shot on all week. And then he had an opportunity the very next week to play in a primetime slot on Sunday night against arguably the best team in football. He Definitely one of to the top a, three yeah. teams in football. I, I, and he
1: lived I mean, up to it. He
2: lived up to it, but it still was ugly. He still made yeah, some poor decisions.
1: Yeah, I would critique his game they, management he, skills, yeah, especially still, toward the end of that game and I thank agree, his defense bro. a little I bit. Agree. But he still had spectacular. Big time plays, Absolutely. That, you know what I'm saying? That led the charge and whatever. He, he's a he's a phenomenal And, that, and that's he why I,
2: that's what I meant when I said I mean, definitely we know that he took my L last week, but what I said in there is he only took a L for the fumbles. He didn't take I didn't think Yeah, that's true. I didn't I've turning specific, the ball over. I specifically yeah. you did. said You're that a
0: quarterback. For those it, sorry to cut you off, but for those that don't know d boy got a Grew rich history it. of playing quarterback <laughs> in his younger days. Grew up on it. Vallejo Raiders, I, Yeah, I mean, man, some of, he it. was a quarterback for some players Manisha that played Panthers. at skilled positions that ended up playing in, in the in NFL. The Let's yeah, put it for that sure. way. For sure. Let's put it that way.
2: So I say all that to say, again, I said only for the amount of fumbles. He fumbled three times in one game and gave it away twice. That's too many mishandles, however it comes. I said... For people who say, oh, he can't lead a team. He's not a winning quarterback to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Like, that was taking it too far. And I made that clear that he solely took my L. So I said, this was a prime example of what I meant by that. Early in the season, you expect hiccups. You expect things to not be so fluent. I'm not mad at that even though it still wasn't his best way to win he still found a way to win because he's that freaking talented against he's that good. against the best you know arguably, I mean? what, his, arguably his legs might have saved him his legs might have been the reason they won and that's the same thing they said the week before as to why he's on one dimensional he can't pass i seen flashes of good passing I see in flash as a bad decision-making. And I think that was an early interception he threw. One was a slip. His receiver slipped. Yeah, 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 that yeah, wasn't yeah, on yeah, him. Yeah. He but threw two sh- to
0: Tyrant Matthew, though. And that's the what I was saying. The second
2: one was a bad decision. A quarterback shouldn't make that pass. So seeing that, still remembering, yeah, he's still young. But does that mean he can't be a franchise quarterback or lead a team? Heavens no. So, again... He's that good. He's that talented. We knew that already. But because you were playing with Lamar Jackson, he found a way to win. The Chiefs start getting sloppy. They mishandled a few possessions, and look what happened. Absolutely. Great game.
0: And for me, again, as somebody who obviously roots for the black quarterback, and a part of the reason he also was getting criticized last week because it was reported that he didn't sign an extension and essentially he left money on the table. So along with a not so good week 1 performance and everybody knowing that he didn't ex- that he didn't sign an extension with the Ravens, left money on the table, knowing how short lived a career that football is. For me, again, I'm rooting for you in this next primetime game to go out there and try to uphold your value or increase your ba- value as best as you possibly can because I know what a part of the criticisms that you're taking is, is all about right now. And I want to see the brother get paid straight up.
2: It's crazy. You said that too, because I dealt with, it's a concept that's sticking out to me and all of this that I dealt with on a smaller scale in music. But I feel like the world is so big on short term memory. Like it is, it's, it can be very frustrating to somebody like an athlete. And what I mean by that is the same way we start talking all this madness about Lamar Jackson. Didn't he win MVP and didn't he go to a Super yeah. Bowl already in his young career? He, He's a, he didn't go
0: to the Super Bowl, but he, he went did win a, MVP. He went to the
2: game before it, I think. Yeah, if he, he, he went right? to the MVP. and He's he, a an accomplished he in young round. quarterback already. And that was the madness after seeing one bad game. On the flip side about this now, and this is no diss to JW, but Jameis Winston, after the first game, Praise all praises. All the praises he, yeah. He just needed a, a chance. <laughs> after how they did Green Bay, he, he just needed a chance. This is the right fit for him. I'm seeing all the Saints fan. That's my QB. QB one second week. Up, same old Jameis. <laughs> <to express> <laughs> and I say all that to say it's crazy because I literally watched this dude after one game get oh, praised man. down to his interview. He did a great interview at yeah. post game. Yeah. yeah. Like I watched all of that, and then the second week. A piss-poor performance. I seen him try to do a jump pass and hella shit. And the whole narrative was completely different. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, we literally live in the moment right now, bro. That's crazy. Well, I,
1: I mean, you know, at quarterbacks, it's always the same. <laughs> I mean, in, in sports, especially at that high level, it's like you don't get to that high level once you're talented. Sure, fine, good and well. But it's always the same story, man. It's not about how you, you know, uh, how you act. It's about how you react, and guys who are able to bounce back from adversity and respond in an expedient fashion are always the guys that succeed in the end. And a guy like Jameis Winston, you know, just to bring him up because you talked about him. And I'm not, you know, whatever, I hate on the man. The guy's an NFL quarterback. But from the jump, it's like the guy doesn't know how to mentally respond. We've never seen that problem with Lamar Jackson. These are all mechanical or like physical things. Dropping passes, making a little bit of poor decisions, but... It's all about how you bounce back, man. It's all about how you, how you act, how you react. But
2: that's what I mean by that one game. They felt like that was a bounce back. He, they felt like he found his home. He just needed this, and then week two, the <laughs> narrative. Oh, crab, crab legs, James! Again.
1: Crab he, legs, if James! Crab legs. <laughs> comes
2: again. If he plays great next week, now he's two out of three, and they back singing his praises. I'm just thinking yeah. that that has to be frustrating as a athlete because it's like you don't remember all that somebody has done. You only remember what they did this week. What have you done
3: for me lately?
0: Exactly.
2: So, And me and Devon are talked about record. that in music where <laughs> you have to drop so rapidly these days because the song... The, Content. The, the we behind, were just talking with, about You that. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I tried to tie it in with music is to where I felt... That pressure, obviously, on a smaller scale, but it's like you don't have no room to wait or lose momentum or yeah. have an off day. You got to keep coming with that. Yeah. Shit. It's the
0: it's the social media effect or like the the on
2: demand exactly. news effect. I, that's what I like and to the call fact it. Is, we mm-hmm. need life everything. is not that. we're here no, yeah. Yeah, still. it's not gonna Even work out that I, way. And, and that's why it's a it's a battle. And I said I commend these people who do bounce back and stay strong minded because it's harder to deal with than it looks. Absolutely. Think, oh, Absolutely. they get paid, they're rich, it's fun. Like that's a hard thing to do is wake up and all you hearing is Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson at Lamar Jackson at uh, after one bag. He's, uh,
1: he's a scrum. <laughs> You'll never make it. You'll never like, make he, it. He got oh, the geez.
2: same Xfinity channels we got, bro. You
3: feel me? absolutely. He's
2: the I'm same sure he's got a station. much
1: better package than he I do. He got yeah,
2: YouTube just yeah. like we got that YouTube. That man got a Roku yeah. like we do, bro. It's 2021. You feel me? We all watching the same shit. So that's all I'm saying is these people human and, and we got to yeah. remember that, man. He's a high, high caliber athlete.
0: Absolutely. Well, again, congratulations to Lamar Jackson for his bounce back win for beating the Chiefs, for beating Patrick Mahomes. Get him out of here. Get him <laughs> out of here. I am not a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs because they're a division rival. It is what it is. Let's transition, fellas. Pacquiao's running for president of the Philippines. Any thoughts?
2: I been knew that was coming. We've been hearing yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, he's, like, he's been like, he's been a senator. He's a
0: senator.
1: Yeah, he's a yeah. senator. And yeah, they're crazy. they praise him You know what I was thinking about, and I wanted to ask you guys this. Like, Manny Pacquiao has been in this, you know, uh, intersectional space to use the parlance of this very podcast here. Yeah, for a minute, he's a senator for sure. Um, so I don't think that there's any way. I'm not going to sit here and try to front like I know about like the political landscape of the Philippines and like Same. any I don't of the know much either. that he. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But what I can see from an outside perspective is that the guy has certainly not done this to try to elevate his social cachet in, like, a tertiary way that you would see, like, a lot of, like, American or, I guess, more Western... Uh, uh, Civilized You know people. what I'm saying? Like, celebrity <laughs> you know. figures do, for bro. For sure, for sure. And so I'm, so I'm asking you this, and, like, uh, do, do you think that, um, that there's a thing, like, there's something to be taken from that Manny Pacquiao thing that other you know, celebrities or or, or social figures are going to use to do it the right way properly? Or do you think that they're just going to be like, oh, look, he ran for president. I'm going to run for president. You know what I'm saying? And then just, like, not really. Because you have to actually do it. I mean, the guy is actually doing it, you know? It's not like Kanye's saying I'm going to run for president and then but I, that's I, all it that comes from. It. I,
0: I was going to say to me personally because of – and. There's rich history in in filmmaking. There's rich history in all aspects of entertainment music in terms of, you know, activism, people standing up in those entertainment spaces and then ultimately transitioning, transitioning out of whatever entertainment space it is that they're in into like the real thing, obviously, like Pacquiao is doing, currently being a senator and now running for president in the Philippines. But there is something about athlete activism, and obviously there's some bias for me in this instance where the history is so rich that oftentimes I like seeing the athletes take a lead in a lot of these spaces because they have their finger on the pulse of so many different things as athletes. They have their finger on the pulse of so many different intersections as athletes. So for me, I actually like seeing athletes do this, and I don't think it's as much of a problem for celebrity athletes that try to get sort of this cachet that you speak of, that most entertainers attempt to get, because yeah, there's like just round a out their element. portfolio. Basically. Yeah, 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 you yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a little bit different with athletes because they've had to commit to being athletes in such a way. Where we don't always see the same commitment in other forms of entertainment because people are trying to do a hundred things at once. Okay, but rather this, than just dial in but on this, this one thing. But
1: this is where I'm like kind of scratching my head at it because Manny Pacquiao fought last month, and he's really running for president, and he's really I a don't senator. Think it,
2: I'll tell you why. And I, so I, I'm, I'm th- just
1: saying, like, doesn't it like kind of shine like in like you kind of side eye like a a, 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 a act the. A, only athlete activist in America because it's I, like you're not. Only c- reason I don't is
2: because uh, I I got lucky enough early on in my music career. Um, I got offered a deal by a gentleman a Filipino guy named June Lorenz. He had a company named N91 Live. You might remember this. I got flown mm-hmm. to LA. Um, whole experience, A and R panels, and all kind of stuff. Well, this June Lorenz guy um, represented. Manny Pacquiao at the time under the same umbrella of N91 Live, so I was able to get a lot of insight and see how much love and how much work he put in since way back then, and that had to be 2000 and I was before I moved to LA even, so that's 2009, 2010 over a decade ago. And so I sell that to say like. No matter what else you you know, boxing, whatever. It's like this dude has been putting in legitimate work and has been a a talked about candidate, presidency candidate for that long of a time. Like it's taken serious though, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not like how we throw away throw around Kanye running for president out here. It's like this dude has literally been like a legit candidate for this for a long time. So. Um, again, just going back to the credit of him really putting in the work all this time. A-
0: absolutely. And again, again, speaking to the rich sports history, like, sure, he might have fought last week, but probably the most renowned activist in American sports history is that of Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali yeah. Fact. For and sure. so Fact. And so, Manny Pacquiao coming from the sport of boxing, again, which has mm-hmm. a very rich history when it comes to athlete activism, American activism, so so on and so forth. I, him being able to be as tapped in as he is to American boxing because he's been mm-hmm. fighting out here for such a long time, there's so much that I feel like he could have taken from. I don't know what he has and has not taken from. I think that was great insight that D-Boy was just able to give for sure. in terms of knowing you know the work that Manny Pacquiao has been putting in. But I think oftentimes athletes tend to be a little bit more connected to more of the grassroots elements, For but sure. they also can reach sure. the yeah. executive and, and the I higher swear. levels. And the reach that athletes tend to have that a lot of people don't often have because they have fans and everything from so many different demographics is not as much of a target audience. They're not and really targeting an the audience. They're just trying to play really, really great or perform really, really well and get a lot, lot of job. money. Get their, Do their job and get a bunch of money. Everything that comes with it is just more of a natural thing that comes and with for him, the
2: element of athletics. And for him what takes it even a step further is his stance and his situation comes with absolutely zero ego. Right. That dude is humble and genuine. I've heard conversations with him. I'm literally in the car while he's on the phone on speakerphone like you can tell the genuine humble person that he is, along with the work that he's done, like I said, for over a decade, uh, easy. It's like, it it, it didn't come as a surprise to me. And and sorry
0: to just throw this aspect in. As somebody myself who works with the unhoused community, I got a whole lot of respect. You have to be humble to be in that space and work with the unhoused community on so many levels. He's
2: humble. You have to humble yourself. on So
0: like it's one thing to just throw money at it, but I'm talking about somebody who's really actively always trying to make a change for people that are impoverished. You see and you experience and you witness so many things that the average person doesn't, who usually has an opinion on, homelessness or on poverty and have never really kind of been in those trenches, Mm -hmm. for somebody to do work in that particular space, I always tend to admire and respect because I know how sort of down low you have to get because that population of people get treated so down low. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Manning can get down there with him amongst all the celebrity Humble. that he's had, Speak volume, that speaks so volumes to his humility and who it is that he is in the, the fight that he's fighting ultimately and trying to make a change for
1: his country out there. Go ahead. I, no, I mean, he, he genuinely, it's always felt like he's one of those guys that sort of has that in him he really, from the him. beginning really like him, a bro. Muhammad Ali it's, it's or real. something. It's, it's like real. so it feels really like him. you're kind of saying like you can't really compare some of these other athletes you or can't. celebrity activists to somebody who's like you can't really just that's who they are. Yeah.
2: He he been like you usually say like this this is not a politician, like he's no, legitimately he's, been yeah. a politician. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's put the work in on all levels, every forum, and he really is that dude. So yeah, bro. Do you, you think he's gonna it.
1: get elected? Probably. He's probably gonna get I, elected, I, right?
2: Like I said, with the with the, I feel I think, like I got a head start to the knowledge. I don't know the Philip. Like I don't the know the what he's up against, whatever. but yeah. like the when amount I, of love he got out there and his popularity, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, what I think he's up against is whoever the current president is, their son or daughter. One of those, their kid, is who he's running up against right now. So, being that there's a connection there, there's lineage there in terms of. Politics. That's certainly an element he's going to have to go up against because, you know, most of the time you're going to trust the politician's son because they've been raised around if the politics. the
2: politician right now is doing or daughter, his son thing. or daughter, you I get don't what I'm know why, Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. If he mm-hmm. has any dirt I, I, on his name but, but, during this, but even be like, if he does, the son.
0: but even if he does have dirt on his name, that that can be an element that plays a role, absolutely, in swaying of votes or however that process goes in terms of how they elect their president. Mm-hmm. But at the same time you've got to be somebody to have gotten into the position of presidency in the first place. Facts. And that is where that, I I'm don't know. Right I don't really know what that cachet holds because I don't know enough about political, you know, elements of what's going all on I'm in the Philippines. I don't know enough dealing, about it.
2: Globally, we are dealing with different things. You could have came equipped. You could have came well-versed as a politician. But this has been a challenge for all. I don't care where you at.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I I just don't know. What I do know for sure is that Manny Pacquiao is one of the most prolific strikers in boxing history. So whatever he's going to do, he's going to come at you. He's going to put up a fight. (laughs) No doubt
0: about that. (laughs) He's going to compete and he's going to put up a fight to try and become the president of the Philippines. Um, Ben Simmons, he wants out of Philly Silent treatment? <laughs> He's good. silent treatment much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, Does, that, it Does it matter? Does it not? Like, the
2: way that the way that last year went for him in the playoffs was just I never seen nothing like that shit. With the scared to shoot and I, the yeah, balcony, that was nuts. Like, that
1: was, was nuts. Like, I that was a bit nuts. Like that just, moment of him giving up that like glaringly open jumper and then like it, it, it would look like a high school. I don't know. Yeah, it's really have never bad. seen never that, seen that at that, that
2: caliber yeah. level of sports. Like that was. Unreal. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, shit. I ain't surprised. I feel like that whole like your time there is tarnished, and I, 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 I
0: especially there of all places. That's what I'm saying. That is you the toughest Philly. fan that's base. A
2: tough spot. I, I'm I talking remember about from yeah. football and the Eagles to that they are a dead Allen Iverson
0: real I, fan base. In fact, <laughs> even last year when Darrell Wright came onto this podcast last year, and he played for I think four different organizations. He played for the Warriors. He played for the Blazers. He played for the Heat, who he won a championship with, with the Heat. And he played for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I basically asked him to rank the fan bases of all the organizations he played for. And he talked about... The toughest fan base to have to play for was the Sixers, and I think he played there when the Sixers weren't having much success. So he's like, "You miss your first shot, and they're boo! Yeah. They're getting yeah. you out of here quick." Oh, so it's literally one of the one of the, if not the toughest sports cities to 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 play for, especially if you're not having success or the success that you're supposed to have. And being that Allen Iverson was such a tough, gritty small guy with a giant heart type of a player, that DNA has now been instilled in the city of Philadelphia, particularly that organization. So if you come in in there soft and they admire and adore arguably the toughest player to ever play basketball in Allen Iverson, yeah, that's kind of hard to live up to. It's Mm -hmm. like somebody in Chicago being able to live up to Jordan. It's just – it's just (laughs) – a nearly impossible task. Yeah. So Philly has such a special icon in Allen Iverson when it comes to the NBA and the sport of basketball, they that team ad- in organization and adore.
2: is iconic. Yeah, for sure. It's seven. Philly. You think that's iconic city. J. That's what I'm it's saying. It's J. <laughs> <laughs> J. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Philly. Sixers is going to come to mind before a lot of other yeah, teams. It's Philly. So yeah. it's Philly. I'm saying all that to say like that's the kind of standard that they holding these dudes to and we have seen like you said some shit that looked High school esque, if that, maybe yeah, even middle yeah, schoolish, really where you tense yeah, up from layups because you don't want to get fouled. Like you playing <laughs> hot potato with the basketball type shit. So
1: yeah, okay. um,
2: I, I mean, I w- am I surprised? No. Um, do I agree with Stephen A. Smith a little bit? Maybe so with what he said today. He 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 basically I wouldn't say attack, but he was like, it's soft to him. They kind of babied him and led him into being in this position and then he he, going out soft now and saying he's not reporting. But it's like I Stevie Wonder could have saw this that he's not coming to train. He's not playing for them after yeah, what we saw. Over. Like it was over. Yeah, I knew it, that. It's, so it's, right. that relationship you know I mean?
0: between him and that city and that organization it's and those over. fans is beyond. Yeah, it's irreparable. I didn't see that. A, I,
1: I didn't see that Stephen A. Smith thing. But yeah. like you know, even since way back when they both got drafted and what we've seen, it's like. I mean, even Joel Embiid's crying after playoff losses and stuff. Like, maybe that softness is a thing. I- I'm not going to say one way or the other, but not we not... knew from the jump that it was like, it was either going to be Joel Embiid's team or Ben Simmons' team. Everybody knew that it was not going to work out, which and maybe is, Ben was fine. just like, I'm dis- disillusioned by this, and, and screw it, I'm just going to leave I'm regardless. Because he said back in August he wasn't game, coming back.
2: It was more so even Embiid made it, he took a shot at, at Ben Simmons, I don't care who team it is. It's still the camaraderie that is going to be important when carrying over to next he season. Did. It's the same season. He did season. take a shot and that it's press conference after that game. The reason why KD couldn't stay with the Warriors, with but was Draymond. willing to come back and be on Draymond's podcast and sit down like men and do that. Some things you can do, you can work through, and some things yeah. you can't come back from. Inexcusable. You feel me? And That's what I. Feel like Forget that was. camaraderie.
1: Like, take an open shot, I, I, fool. You're, but, you're a basketball but again, player. But
2: again, that's where I'm <laughs> what saying doing? That what Joel and B said. The, the facts of it is warranted, but the time and the place of it is not. Yeah. You could yeah, go he talk could've. to him after He didn't like, read bruh, the room. Like yeah, we was ju- yeah, he didn't read the room. Like y'all just lost a game, and this is your bro- this a brotherhood still. This your teammate. You go to war with this dude, and you're taking a shot at him before y'all could even get on the same plane after the game. And the series ain't over. You feel me? Yeah, it was that right. kind of shit. So I said it's deeper than the critics and all. it's it's a combined situation that he I I I'm not surprised. I'll
0: tell you this much, you talk about Stephen A Smith, I I didn't see his segment talking about it, but I did watch his interview with Doc Rivers, who's obviously the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. right? And that damn Doc Rivers is a genius. He's an absolute genius. And the reason why I say I don't that, know is, about that. The, the reason, oh, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why <laughs> you he's to a genius. I, I'm <laughs> gonna tell you. I'm not, I'm not. saying. That <laughs> I'm, know,
2: to, I'm not speaking in terms of X's hey, you and just O's. Let, you gave it to me. I took. No, it, man. it's fine. <laughs> the hell, I but that but ball just to fly be clear,
0: but just to be clear, I'm not speaking on it in terms of X's and O's. I'm speaking on it in terms of his history as somebody that's been a coach-slash-GM hybrid. Mm-hmm. He's been a coach yeah. and a GM at the same time before, and he could have did just what you mentioned Joel B did and took shots at Ben Simmons, but instead he, instead he did everything in his power to let Ben Simmons know that they want him in Philly, that he wants them there, and here's why I think it's important. He may or may not know that Ben Simmons is never going to return to Philadelphia, but... If Ben Simmons is indeed leaving Philadelphia, you want to add as much value to his name as humanly possible because you're going to have to Doc trade him. Rivers and and him the back. fact, and the fact that you're going to gonna have to trade him in return. to get good pieces in return. And that's where I said he was genius because I don't know if I necessarily felt everything Doc Rivers was saying was true, but what he did express in the way that he supported Ben Simmons in all of this and him really doing that on a public stage – I think helps add a little bit more value to Ben Simmons in in trade conversations and trade mm-hmm. negotiations. So you're saying and that Doc sure, Ri- we all Mm-mm. saw Mm-mm. what we saw Mm-mm. last you're year. You're saying that Mm-mm.
1: Doc Rivers tried to put earrings on a pig. Is Mm-mm. basically what That's you're what saying, you're and, and I'm That's not
0: mad at saying. that. I think it was a great I move. I
2: don't think that was his.
0: It was a great move, and I think it, it was intentional no. because why would you shit on a Mm-mm. guy who who already Mm-mm. you're paying so much money. And you're probably going to have to deal him away anyway. Well, guess what? You want to bring in as much value as you possibly can for this guy. I mean,
2: any decision maker in that situation is not stupid. They seen what we seen last year. So, no, I don't think that it was intentional for that reason. But I do think that Doc Rivers, forget the X's and O's and stuff like you said. We know he is experienced. We know he's a a class act as a coach. And we also know, uh, I know that the interview sticks out to me from right after they got eliminated last year. And they asked about his uh, Ben Simmons shooting. And he, he literally said like, obviously we all know, like it's something going on there. It's something wrong there. I, it's too early to tell what is it. He has trainers and people he works with. We like, it's a lot of elements and things we need to discuss to see what's the best line of attack to get him right. But he still credited so many other elements of Ben Simmons' game that is and can be good, and we all do know that. We, he's a point guard, for Christ's sake, at however tall he is. But, but so I here's think, my thing. I think it was more intentional to knowing what he said at that time at the end of elimination and it kind of staying in line with that more so than it's like, let me dress this up for extra added value. Yeah, it might do that, but I don't think that was his intent as much as it was sticking to a line with what he said and I felt like that's literally one to get down to whatever this problem is going on we want to figure this out and I'm in to figure it out winning whatever he thinks is the best way to do that you feel I, me? I
0: think it was very much so his intent because he brought up that exact well he was asked about that exact statement and See? he sort of He sort of scaled it back though. Like he sort of like went away, like, oh yeah, my words got misconstrued, so on and so forth. That's what he did in the interview today. So I agree. I think what he said then was more genuine that there was an obviously obvious problem there. But today, he sure was scaling that back a bit because he wants Ben Simmons to be seen in the best light. Absolutely possible because either A, he's going to probably miraculously stay in Philly because right now it seems like he's just all the way out of there. He's not he's not reporting to camp, so on and so forth. But B, you know that you're going to have to trade the guy and you want to get immediate assets, some high-value assets that Rivers, can help you win do you immediately. You right now. now pieces. Win now pieces that you want to
1: get from him. Yeah.
2: Do either one of you two think Doc Rivers genuinely does want Ben Simmons back? Then? No. I don't
1: think so. That's okay.
2: That no, makes that makes sense as to why you. Asked, no, you know, what I mean? no,
1: I don't think he. Was. I mean, look, look at his I, game. No, look at his game. Matt. I'm the only one I think he do. Look at his game, man. He's an like... unbelievable drive and kick guy. He's a great slasher. And if you have a guy like Joel Embiid, who's probably the most prolific in the post that the game sees right now, that's just clogging up the lane. It just don't make a lot of sense at this point. And it was a good experiment while it lasted. And I think you're absolutely right. He's got to get those win now pieces out he's of him. Got to get But now. I but I can also agree with your statement to the sense it's like I don't think Doc Rivers gives too much of a crap about trying to make. Ben Simmons look good look, at this point. Yeah. He said he was out of there he a month and a half ago. Them. Yeah,
2: and we knew he was out of there. I mean, he got to negotiate. Save,
1: he's sure to save face, but like you said, Doc Rivers is one of the best player coaches. He probably like wrote the blueprint in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Out of like one of the pioneers of player yeah. coaches. And, and, and again, and and, and, again and, coach and at this DM point, and, at this point, you got to focus on a guy like Joel Embiid because we see how volatile he is, and he also has injury history, and it's like. If I was Doc Rivers, I'm just saying, I, one way or the other, if I, was the Doc Wizard, <laughs> if I was Doc Rivers, I'd be like, let's just try to make this guy happy because he's probably the best center in the league, you know, sans Jokic, and let's just, you know, pick up the pieces. I, you know, I don't know. But but I, I, but as far as I'm concerned, if you got a guy who's giving up two-foot jump shots – Screw chess at this point. Let's play him. checkers yeah, here. Yeah, let's try to let's, jump it, a piece or two yeah, because right now we're yeah, drowning.
2: Yeah, yeah. Anything is almost better than that with that kind of. Yeah. it was. It was bad. It, it was, was bad. bad. I,
0: <laughs> I don't know too many coaches that would want that to, to <laughs> yeah. expound on the question that you're asking me, Answering saying no. A coach as that's a up a challenge. Like I said, <laughs> I, I,
2: at that time I thought he really felt like, man, if he if we can get this under control, we. You know what I mean? Because it really wasn't too many other like. That shooting problem led to everything else. You feel me? And so I felt like he really felt like this offseason, we have to get him right. Like, it's no secret. We know now. If but we if, didn't know before, we know now. And the world knows we have to We have to streamline this process and get it significantly better than this display was. That's what I felt like, and I thought it was left there. But as you continue to speak, and as we, you know, maybe he don't want him back, and maybe he I is didn't doing get it. that
0: feeling. I got the feeling that he dressed it up because he knows that Ben Simmons is out of there and he needs to put as much value on Ben Simmons' name as possible for what it is that they want to
1: try you. and Cause get in you, return.
2: Because he, he's also experienced enough to know if Ben Simmons is really gone, he gone. Yeah, he wouldn't look, be playing that absolutely. game. You're like, right
1: about one thing. Philly fans are tough. The fans, they, they don't tough. give a. They, they <laughs> want his ass yeah, out of yeah, there. That's bro. That's what I'm
2: saying. So we knew tough. they don't play that shit. Bro, no way. I seen the comments after that game. Like then, I went to go look. Like
1: newscasters oh, were flaming him, bro. Bad. Yeah, newscasters was newscasters were flaming
2: <laughs> and, him. Bro. And again, rightfully <laughs> so,
1: He was the biggest meme <laughs> <girl laughs> on the internet. Yeah, he exactly. ain't welcome <laughs> no more yeah, out there. He better find a place.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Hey, 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 let's transition. Let's transition to the culture a bit. What do y'all think about a Diddy versus Jermaine Dupri versus? Let's just get to Great it. Great for the culture.
2: Simple yeah, I think so. as yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Simple I think that's as uh, one of the better,
2: one of the better like, you know, competitions. I think names they go up. They, uh, that would be good. Yeah, I'd be good. Some of the verses I see, I'd be. Mean, I don't know about that one or maybe the other or maybe, you, but you know, I think that's a good c- comparison. Well, well
0: Diddy <laughs> wants Dre.
2: Diddy no, I, I, wants I, I, Dre. That would be one I would say no.
1: Yeah, Diddy can't see Dre. Yeah, that's
2: the one I would say that don't make sense. This is more for you, Caddy. Why? Why, Dick Deeper? Y'all, y'all are musicians, y'all so the floor is yours. Y'all both ad-lib, business head, don't executives. do too much on the... on the. You know what I mean? Y'all been a part of great hits in history, you feel me? But I don't think you just solely been like, like mm-hmm. Dre on some classic... Like Dre yeah, from the I production, mean, the rapping, so like... Just a lot of shit where I feel like they just kind of fit the same kind of mold. You know what I mean? JD with you, I, I would imagine he playing some bow wow hits from back in like real records. Usher, he was a part like of some usher records. You know stuff, what I mean? Exactly, you know? like just timeless, like like damn near what's the word? Uh, uh, nostalgic. They both are a part of nostalgic type records. You feel me? Diddy more so, more history with the. You know Biggie yeah. shit You yeah. feel me yeah. but, Biggie, Mary but again, East Coast, West still, Coast But again He's still on there Take that, take that Yeah, <laughs> right. He's still behind the scenes Just being a part Of these records And I feel like That's what they both were Facilitators yeah. of records you Well know I think I mean? Well no yeah. I
0: think Jermaine Dupree Was a little bit more Hands on I think he's a better He's a records better records a producer Than Diddy And, Diddy. and
2: a writer He's a writer And that's what he came out again, And basically but said Again all his... that goes Hand in hand with that They were a part of The song making process More than they were Just that's... single hits Like by themselves Like I yeah, that's why I think it well fits those better. guys
1: those guys have that same quality that I was talking to you earlier about p that like you know they it's not that they're like necessarily like standout producers like they do things that are just like crazy prolific or whatever it's that they've always surrounded themselves with from the beginning of their career with guys that are better than them. So it'll be great. Now, in terms of Dr. Dre, like Diddy's got great fun, look, great, monumental records, towards B.I.D. Do- Dr. Dre has records that will rip the building in half off the drop. You don't want to yeah, see like that, I man, said, in a just, battle.
2: That's what I'm saying. In a ba- and it's you look actually look battling like, now. I would have you know looked at the names in Double Take if I would have never heard that and it just came out versus Dr. Dre versus Diddy. Uh, versus who, who, Diddy. Diddy? Dr. Dre versus Diddy, Diddy, I would have been like, huh? Okay. It's a lot better people you could have did that against, but not Dr. Dre and Diddy.
0: Okay, so scenario (laughs) time, because this is how things played out. Like, this is how things actually played out. So the reason this whole thing is a conversation is because Jermaine Dupree was at the last versus, Fat Joe versus Ja Rule. Jermaine Dupree basically goes on Twitter and says, hey, Puff, I want you. I want to go up against you. I'm calling you out, essentially, for a versus matchup. Puff then responds and says, your arms ain't long enough. He called him short arms and said, I want Dre. The only person that I'm willing to get in the ring with is Dre because Diddy's a showman in that regard. Here's where I think Jermaine Dupree messed up, though. Fat Joe does these phenomenal recaps on his Instagram Live. He he also just does phenomenal interviews. He gets all types of different celebs and interviews them on his Instagram Live. He calls it the Fat Joe Show. The big, 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 big show is what he calls it. And Jermaine Dupree came on and was in studio and was basically calling Diddy out. He was on with Fat Joe, of course, and Snoop Dogg was on at the time. So these three are on. You can see clearly Jermaine Dupree was inside of his studio. He's calling Puff out. He asked Puff to get on Instagram Live. Puff does it. It actually happens. First mistake, I don't think Jermaine Dupree expected Puff to actually get on Instagram Live for this conversation, and he did it. Second of all, When Puff answers, you could tell he's like outside in his backyard, and Jermaine Dupri's in his studio. So as they're shit talking each other back and forth on on Instagram Live with a little bit of bad Wi-Fi, Jermaine Dupri is like, "I'm in studio right now. I got hits on deck right now. You go in your studio and play the hits." Another mistake. Diddy actually went in the studio and start playing the hits, and then Jermaine Dupri Dupri went. Yeah, yeah, I don't get what you mean, but but and then Jermaine Dupri does not play a song. And now you got the whole industry tuned into this Instagram live in real time because <laughs> it's Diddy, it's Jermaine Dupree, it's Fat Joe and it's Snoop Dogg all on a live together right now. It's about 65,000 people, a bunch of celebrity names in the comments, and everything that Diddy, I mean that Jermaine Dupree called Diddy out to do, Diddy actually did it. And Jermaine Dupree didn't because he obviously wants to sign the paperwork and have the actual matchup really happen. But I don't think he expected Diddy to respond the way that Diddy did. And Diddy responded the way that he did. In Diddy's case, how do you now feel that Jermaine Dupree tried to test you and then he basically... I don't want to say punked out, but uh, well, uh, I mean no, he kind of, he, he kind of. The I industry the lizard, was calling him the out the for lizard. not playing no records after calling Diddy out the way that he did. Wait,
1: wake up and win, fans. Put yourself in middle school and high school. You remember when all day you heard about two people were gonna fight, and then when you all walk down the street or wherever the case may be, and yeah, then you wait around yeah, for like an yeah, hour and nobody fights. That in my head. How how disappointing is that? Yeah, I remember that. To prove Diddy's point, if he really wanted to be like no one can see me, he kind of made his case, but he still don't want him with Dre. Come
2: on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, he don't. But I get it. I damn near wouldn't have played nothing either. I'm playing a game with your head right now. You just listen to me and win and did that, man. Wait till you see me on the real versus. I'm slapping. If you it happens, I, mean? I, I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't. Hey, those are I, two moguls.
0: Yeah, yeah but he got too.
1: slapped in public. He got slapped, slapped, in in was, he slapped back. You he got to
0: throw back. something, so bro. Saying, that's yeah, I hear you. He
2: don't feel like he got slapped. He ain't tripping on that shit. But, yeah. but
0: everybody else did. And that's the yeah, difference. That's everybody the thing, else did. can worry about everybody else. Does that contribute, uh, that, does of... that, does that contribute yeah, to the hype? That, that's the problem. But does
1: you. that, that, that contribute to the anticipation of the that's inevitable battle? I think was or does a it gu- squash it before no, it starts? I
2: think it makes it better. You're going to tune okay. in even more now. I would. It don't make me be like, oh, he lost because he did that. I don't want to see it. I want to know now what you what you held out for. How you going to come back and shut the critics up now? I think it was calculated. They both knew they was going to do that. You think so? I think so. Hell yeah, bro.
0: And, and Fat, on, Joe, Fat Joe produced on, this it. He put it a, all this together. This is something
2: that you really keep track of numbers. This has been a record-breaking thing. This has grown and grown. We have announced, oh, this did this many. This. Yes, that's going to add an element. It's not going to make people say, I'm not watching, because he did some cat-ass shit like that. that <laughs> it wasn't that serious they going to watch. Yeah, that's okay. going to make it even more interesting, if you ask me. So, good move.
0: Absolutely. On a sadder <laughs> note, um, rest in peace to Ezel from Friday, A.J. Johnson. Smoky! Smoky, 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 smoke. That's smoking, like smoking. You taking his <laughs> shit. Yeah, man. Classic film. Classic fall film. and Fall in the store. Slippin' Fall in the store. Oh, my gosh. Man. He was on so many classic films. And Friday is, like, my all-time favorite. Two of my all-time favorite, like, Movies is Friday And How High
2: Seeing that meme Two going of my favorites With Debo, Him and uh, The other Cuddy uh, The dad all
0: Yeah it, put all Singleton pa- yeah, yeah yeah Pops
2: seeing, seeing all three of them it start, You know like Lately I've been having them moments Where you just start feeling like Damn like life really just can. Cont- like you know what I mean Like them life And vote. it was
0: It was more of Bernie
2: Mac I Bernie Mac was in that movie, what, that, obviously. It, was, yeah, it had it had four or five people. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying yeah. to make, is that mm-hmm. you start getting to the point where you like, damn, I grew up on this shit. The whole cast was alive and I seen them do a lot more shit from there. Then you'd be like, damn, the more of the cast is dead than alive now, you just really realize... like We ain't getting no younger.
1: I think they call it getting old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They call it getting old or we ain't getting no younger. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, we
2: starting to hit them times where Friday... But we ain't there yet,
1: so... No, no, no. hmm.
2: I'm just saying we starting to hit those feelings where this shit our parents used to talk about, and now we, like, in it, where it's like, Friday was the movie you grew up on as a child, and now it's like the whole cast damn near spilling over right now. It's like... Damn, like that's what I mean by time is ticking, life goes on. Like, people getting old, it's not just you getting old. Everybody is. People that was 50 at that time is now 70 and shit. Like, shit going crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I felt the same exact way. I saw those same memes and felt the same Mm. way. But he's such a, in my opinion, he's a cultural icon for that role that he played in Friday alone. That don't include Players Club and all the other movies that. That he was in, but that Friday roll, Ezell, is a classic character. And rest in peace to AJ Johnson and amongst all the others uh, from that cast that is now deceased. Taking L's, y'all got anything?
2: Yep. Go for it. Before I do this, let me make it real clear. I am not an anti-vax person. I am not in your business on what you do, what you don't do. But for my taking L's, This week, it is Oakland Unified School District. They are the first uh, school district in Northern California to mandate that all students 12 and over have to be vaccinated to attend school. I think that is a low age to mandate um, a vaccine. And for them to, again, I think that's probably going to be the new norm. And it's going to be a lot of people immediately following. So I'm not saying it's the... I'm not saying it's not ethically correct or whatever the hell. What I'm saying is I think the age limit is too young. And I'm just saying Oakland because they are the pioneers of enforcing this. But if that's what we're going to start saying is that it's a 12 year old mandate to have to attend school in person. I think that's a little bit heavy in my opinion. And so that's why yeah. I'm that's why I'm giving the L on that. You I, know? I get it. I get it.
0: That's it. That's. A sensitive topic when you do speak of the age in particular, I do agree with you, but and we, always, we always had to have certain vaccines to go to school at that young of an age. Facts. So it's not Facts. really that Facts. out of... But I feel like... A, I think it's just the times again, that we're in is a little young, bit different, yeah, but we I had to get vaccines to I go to school been, at a younger age. So maybe maybe I'm aging here, and, and like no, I said, I understand the, the strain of like a 12-year-old to go to school, but... We kind of had to do that to go and to I elementary guess, school too. And I
2: guess, and like I said, I could be wrong. Maybe I wasn't. I didn't know a lot. You, the times are different. The access to information, both false and real, is is a lot different now. But um, sh- this vaccine is coming with a lot of extra that the other ones did. I remember taking our hepatitis shots and all that shit. Like them, just seemed like all right. This is my immunization records, and boom, this one just comes with so much more. Attached to it, and so much unknown and uncertainty and contradiction, and all of the above. Again, this is me saying I'm not anti vaccine, I'm not judging anything or anybody. I'm saying, with everything that's being equipped with this vaccine, 12 years old seems a little. Young to to make mandatory, but again, we was probably younger than that with some. We probably had some vaccines before kindergarten. Yeah, we did. Again, I think I'm I'm feeling that way because of of the age and everything that's been attached to this vaccine.
1: Fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, it's I can understand where where that would be. Everything's so like multifaceted, like. (laughs) And yeah, just politicize it's that, lot. like mm-hmm. that's that what concept, yeah, it's the politicization like, m- of it all. My, my taking L's this week, it, it just this is obviously a crazy stretch, but my taking L's this week was going to be something funny. I was going to say, bad Wi Fi is taking an L because it's permeating all throughout the country and beyond. In fact, uh, they, uh, the, the, the uh, United States government signed this like big $3.2 trillion dollar, you know, bill recently, in a, few, a few weeks back, and one of like the major, uh, you know, hallmarks of that bill was increasing broadband in like, you know, the country, just just place to place. And it's like, that sounds like such a, like a benign, you know, banal issue. But I mean, that's, that has, I mean, it's a human rights issue at this point, you know what I'm saying? In this country, like everything is just so like bound together on like this human rights tip. Like uh, uh, we had vaccines when we were kids, but now a vaccine feels like, you know, how is our humanity being affected and where are our rights Mm -hmm. stand with this? And so Mm -hmm. it just makes everything so much more, like pressure-packed, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it's it's daunting, man. It's, I, it's swear, daunting, man. And that's
2: where I was coming from at 12. is just it's such—that's heavy. It's yeah, heavy like, for me as a grown man right now.
1: There's plenty of rationalization to be like, maybe 12 is too young to get kids wrapped up in a bunch of, you know— d- d-
2: yeah Potentially well, geopolitical
1: yeah. Human rights issues that's, Just trying yeah. to get themselves A baseline education And
2: that was more The route I was coming from And you know Whereas,
1: it's not gonna be them They're gonna like It's not their fault One way or the other It's gonna be their parents Making most likely You know in a negative way Piss poor decisions for them That they have no control over And again over. this said, so that's it's, sketch it's, it's you know It's
2: strictly said For them to do In school stu- You know to, to phase back into The in school stu- stu- uh Classes as things Are going right now So I don't know if that means that they're going to create the option of virtual learning for long-term. Yeah, I'm sure that's already
1: like... I'm
2: saying for a a long stretch. Like, this don't seem like a temporary thing at this point. You know what I mean? They want the world to be vaccinated, ultimately. So if if people stick to these long-term decisions, does that mean long-term... Is long-term virtual learning the new norm where you can literally go? Does that mean you're going through... With sixth what you in the sixth grade at twelve years old, does that mean you're going through middle school and high school for sure? Virtual, like it's a it's a lot of other levels that I feel like that poses, you know, problems and long term effects too. Because that is challenge. That's what what it all boils down to. The kids are
1: going to be affected by that. It's not an easy time. And we talk about that
2: all the time on what our youth meant to us and how it molded and shaped us. The people we were around physically, not the. Instagrams and Twitters and MySpaces. That's not what we credit. We credit the face-to-face interaction. We liked going to school, mingling with our people, and learning shit. Like it's different. If you don't get that, that that creates whole other issues. You know, I had I seen somebody say, "My son too," and they don't know what it's like to go nowhere yet. You feel that, me? That's, a crazy, like you that's a crazy that's a crazy statement crazy to, just to think, even right? Say like and, and like, I was like
1: and me, It have to be like oh yeah yeah that makes sense. Yeah, yeah like you know
2: like he don't know it like obviously he's wow. young anyway but I'm just saying like somebody that's a protected pandemic.
0: parent is They've like, been in the house the like, my time. son yeah, is pandemic. about to turn
2: two and he don't know what outside looked like. I'm really like, too, yeah. wow. That's
1: crazy.
0: So you're taking <laughs> it as Oakland Unified School District. Hey, Yours it's not, bad, yeah, Wi-Fi. bad Wi-Fi. Yeah, bad Wi-Fi. Hopefully it's going to get
1: fixed. <laughs> it, better,
0: it better get fixed <laughs> if, they're, if they're having uh, virtual <laughs> education virtual learning. Boost mobile. <laughs> Boost mobile. <laughs> crazy enough, my taking L's goes to Andrew Wiggins also because of a vaccination issue and this isn't a personal attack at Andrew Wiggins because he is or isn't well he certainly isn't vaccinated and that's his decision that's his problem that's what he has to deal with but he plays for the Golden State Warriors which is based in San Francisco not too far from Oakland by the way where the mandates are a little bit more increased than in most other American cities outside of like New York, basically. So they're basically San Francisco, the Bay area, Oakland and New York are sort of um, the leaders in some of the more increased and extensive mandates when it comes to this virus and being vaccinated and so on and so forth. And so being that he plays for the Warriors as of today, he obviously can try to appeal it and do all of these other things. But as of today, because he is not vaccinated, he would not be able to play in any home games for the Golden State Warriors. So that's 41 yeah. out of the that's 82 saying, home that games that for the make, Warriors. Wow. He would not be janky. able to play. That so made it janky, bro. So so. <laughs> I, that that changes a lot. Obviously, the Warriors have a lot to consider. Do we trade the guy? Do we get rid of him because he's not going to do it? He now becomes a liability, especially somebody who's so an 18-point go? per game score, a starter, so on and so forth. Like Facts. all of that matters in terms of what his future looks like because he's not vaccinated. I don't know how I don't know how much he does or doesn't want to stay with Golden State, but he certainly obviously doesn't want to get this vaccine. But if I'm another organization and we already know New York has these mandates. San Francisco has these mandates, and my my organization is more than likely already in a major American city. We're probably not too far behind from having these same mandates as well. So, do we take a chance on Andrew Wiggins and having him on our team? So his whole career is in limbo right right now. now.
2: It's just riding a wave to see how things pan out because this is a different sport, but same concept. I just seen Belichick say, "Bill Belichick, the coach," he just said, "Uh." that the Atlanta Falcons are the only football team in the NFL that's fully vaccinated right now. I don't know if things changed in the last few weeks, but he just said that as recent as Cam Newton getting released. He also said...
0: Cam Newton also ain't got picked up by another team yet. Listen, listen,
2: listen. And again, (laughs) that was what the whole premise of the conversation was, but he is contradicting in that regards because Belichick also said, yeah, but a lot of people that's vaccinated in the NFL, their teams are still they're still catching it, and they're still dealing with these COVID-19-related issues. So, again, I say all that to say, what it, for somebody like Andrew Wiggins that's holding out, obviously it's a different sport, but you hear something like that where a, a prominent coach like Belichick, like, yeah, the vaccinated players still catching this shit. Too. That's ultimately what he was saying. Yeah, so where he we... took backlash even from his organization where a doctor spoke up and was like, yeah, but it's this percentage that's unvaccinated. You know, it's that whole controversy. So like you said, it just it adds so much it's it feels like so much more than a vaccine now. Yeah. You know, and it, that's it that's is. where it's troublesome but, because But that, it is
0: more than a vaccine because the world got shut down because of this virus. So it affected economics. It affected so many other aspects of the world. So, yeah, this vaccine is more than a vaccine. And I'm not, like I said, I'm but not knocking anybody. But it's also some people's I, lives, too. Like, this is, vaccine has clearly, killed clearly, some people, clearly, too. Clearly, the vaccine, but the virus has, has cleared killed a whole and lot. And COVID and is and killing and. a whole lot more people than the mm-hmm. vaccine Factual. is. So, you Facts. know, everybody, you everybody's case by case. My body operates different from your body from the next person, which is why I'm not one of those people that's like, I don't care what your personal decision is, but do understand the consequences mm-hmm. if you don't get vaccinated. And if you can't come to grips with that, you just got to live with what the consequences are going to be. If you don't get back, uh, don't get vaccinated. And so that goes to you as well. I've expressed on this podcast, the reasons that I've gotten vaccinated yeah. and it ain't all because of illnesses because I'm not high risk for one. I've had the, the the virus before, but I'm also not high risk based on my age group, so on and so forth. But at the same time, I know how not being vaccinated, especially as somebody that works in the world of sports, could affect my career and what it is that I'm ultimately trying to pull off. Yeah. And that indeed played a role in me not being vaccinated because I, I wouldn't be able to announce all these games at the beginning of the podcast that I got coming up without being it's not vaccinated. Even this is just the <laughs> it's most everything. Now. I think
2: this is the most humanized that is showed that these athletes really are. We hold them on such a high regard, such a high special. You know, privilege type of thing that this shows. We're dealing with this shit on a bottom level, and I'm not saying we at the bottom, but you know, like people is having to make this decision to work now at their respected nine to fives. So it's no, it's no scapegoat on this one. It's no money could buy me out of this one. You feel me? You're gonna either do with, either get it or deal with the right, consequences of not getting the, it. Exactly, mm-hmm.
0: and that's what it comes down to. And 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 the sooner I feel like people accept that the sooner that we'll probably get away from all the attachments to that of getting the vaccine because we're here now adapt or don't that's your personal decision but indeed we are here now on that note we'll leave y'all the only way that we know how and that is to stay woke and And go win. win So we're back with another segment of the Fantasy Rewind. And if you all listened on last week's episode, at the tail end of the episode, we introduced a new segment, again, called the Fantasy Rewind. And I took an L last week, and obviously that's something that I'm not proud of, but Chef Kenny got me out of the way in week one. So I started off the year on one. But what I can tell you is I did not start off the year O and two. I am currently one and one. And I have my opponent on the line right now who took an absolute ass whooping from my fantasy team this week. Doug, welcome to the Fantasy Rewind segment, baby. I'm glad to have you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, man.
0: How you feel? Shitty, huh? You feel shitty, huh?
3: I'm I'm still licking my wounds, man. It was a a brutal beatdown. All my players pretty much took an absolute dump. And I had maybe two players that did good. And you, your team, man, just unheard of, man. You had players that were second string that were scoring 20 points. You had a kicker, 22 points, man. There wasn't much I could do. You would have beat everybody in the league. Absolutely. I feel too bad about losing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just so everybody knows, I put up 160 this week. And anybody that knows fantasy football knows that's a whole lot of points to put up in a week in a fantasy football matchup. My squad put up 160. I had Gano from the New York Giants, who went absolutely crazy on Thursday, week one. I mean, week two, excuse me, but it was a Thursday night football game. And I think we knew right from there when he put up 22 points, you were done, Doug. You were done.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I it, it was gonna take a lot for me to come back
0: <laughs> <laughs> what what are you looking forward to going into this week? Obviously, you're coming off an ass whooping for me, but hey, you live to fight yeah. another week. It's a long season. I tell people that all the time, you know, people get caught up like, again, I went 0 and one. you actually went one and one and 0 after week one. So I gave you your first L. I obviously got my first W against you. Talk about sort of the ebbs and flows of the fantasy season. Is you're somebody that's in like five fantasy leagues, is that right?
3: Uh I'm in I'm in three right now. You're in three Usually right I, now. I do around four or five, but I tried to trim it down this year so I could focus on my leagues a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. So you're in three leagues, which is still a lot because our league yeah. alone is a really tough league. Me and Chef Kenny talked about it last week. Obviously, we'll bring it up here again this week. Like this league gets competitive. And for me, yeah. this this league takes up time. Too much time for me to join any other league. I damn sure couldn't do three, and you've done up to five before, which is absolutely crazy. Just talk about week three and how you feel going into this week and obviously where you stand in terms of what you feel like this fantasy season is going to turn out to be for you in this league.
3: Well, you know, I uh, I started out week one, and I was your team, man. Everybody on my team went off. I was the highest-scoring player in the league would have whooped everybody and then i came out last week and i went and i was the lowest player and i didn't even score 100 points so that shows you right there the ebb and the flow you're never ever safe it don't matter what it looks like on paper what the predictions are you never know what these players are are gonna do they're grown ass men they're playing against grown ass men yeah so you know they come out and you think that they're gonna whoop them but you know sometimes people step up when they're playing the best and they'll get you'll get the best against them, man, and you end up getting screwed sometimes, and that's just fantasy football. Absolutely. You know,
0: so, you- so, so with you, obviously, you've got a lot of fantasy football experience. Early, how important is this part of the year? Because it's easy to throw out there, like you got a lot more games left, and there's a lot of season left, which obviously there is. So, a whole lot can change from week to week, as you already mentioned there, but. This early on in the season, what is the significance of this part of the season in comparison maybe the later part of the year where you got playoff races and people that know what they have to get done in order to be able to place where they want to or get into the postseason, so on and so forth. But I feel like the earlier part of the season sometimes gets taken for granted.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I the thing I, I key on, on early part of the season is I'm looking at Every single player in the league, and I'm trying to find all the hot players, and I want to try to, to get as many as I can on my team before, you know, the trade deadline gets down. When the trade when the trade deadline is on, I'm I'm thinking, I'm trying to acquire players, trying to pick up players off the wire, trying to do whatever I can to better my team. And I think whether you start Owen three or whether you start three and zero, you should still be doing that. When you're I mean when you're three and oh, you know, you aren't looking as hard, but you know, when you right. start losing, number one thing you should start doing is you know, look around to try to better your team. Cause maybe, you know, you don't have it. You know, you gotta do something. So trading is key, picking up off the waiver wire is key. And I mean, you always have to be trying to better your team. That's it, you know.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Doug, you're also one of the commissioners. We have three commissioners. In our fantasy league and you're one of the commissioners. Talk about what the role of a commissioner entails in a fantasy league, because, again, a lot of people are like me. We join a fantasy league. There's a commissioner there. But, you know, as long as we're good and situated and taken care of, we don't necessarily care too much about what the commissioner is doing to make the league run in a, a way that's fair to everybody over the course of the season and we've been doing this league, at least I've been in this league for at least four to five years. And I know this league started at the bar that we also mentioned last week that you are actually a bartender at. So just talk about the role of commissioner and the time that, and the effort that's put into being a commissioner to be able to not only just sustain for the course of a year, but in our case, upwards of five years.
3: Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot easier in this league than it is in most leagues when you're most leagues, you just have one commissioner, and that person rules over everybody, makes all decisions, does all the all the dirty work, you know, types in everything, changes the rules or whatever. If there's any discrepancies, they'll go in and change them. Uh, we're lucky that we have actually three commissioners, and we did this on purpose. That way, nobody ever felt like it was one person ruling over everybody. Oh. It
0: was
3: it was the three people that had the most experience that kind of started the. The league, so we decided that all three of us would be commissioners, and we all any decisions we all vote on and majority rules.
0: Majority so rules. I do... Nice. Sorry. No, go ahead. You keep going. Keep going. Yeah, uh I'm just over here ad libbing. I, gi- I
3: have I have to give a shout out to Zach though, because Zach is the one that that ends up doing all the real hard work, which is doing all the stuff on the computer after draft. He types in all of the all the players into who they go to and stuff because we do a, a draft on paper. So he has to go back on the computer and manually type it in who got who. So he's the one that has all the hard work, man. Me and Tony just say yes and no on decisions, and that's pretty much it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, how you feeling going on going into week three? How you feeling? You got a matchup coming you up know, this week. Who are you playing against?
3: I'm playing against Julio, which is the defending champ. He has a hell of a team. He's a hell of a player, and I'm actually looking at the game right now, and I'm, I'm down 16 points already just after the first quarter. He has more the receiver, and he's just absolutely killing me already in the first quarter. In the, will be Uh-oh. In the second quarter, so.
0: Uh oh. So <laughs> what does this mean? I'm,
3: I'm feeling a little deja vu here already. But I'm hoping <laughs> that, you know, the, the Houston defense will end up choking down and keep them shut down for the rest of the game but besides that I'm loving my matchups man. I'm I'm absolutely loving how I'm feeling about, about the rest of the season and I'm putting everybody else on warning right now. I'm coming for you. You're all going down and pounce. I'm coming for you at the end of the season.
0: We got a rematch. We got a rematch at this. the end of the year, do we?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you play uh you play the first 3 players that you play. You play him again at the end of
0: the year. Let's see. Who am I playing this week? Quarantine Delta.
3: That is Zach.
0: Zach. That's the commissioner. I'm playing against Quarantine. First of all, what a name. (laughs) Let's start there. (laughs) Quarantine Delta. So you got the Delta virus that's just spreading like a wildfire. Obviously, we know, you know, what it is like to be in quarantine. But instead, you know, he put a little twist on it and called it quarantine because this is his fantasy team that's playing. I don't know much about his thought process when he decided to name his team quarantine Delta. Do you do you know?
3: You know, it was just it started the quarantine started last year. Right. Because it was the, the COVID year. And then I think he added on the Delta because of the Delta variant and stuff, you know. So he's so, just
0: having—he's keeping up with the times.
3: Yeah, he's—he's he's just being. You know, that's the whole—that's a big thing with uh, fantasy football. Your names—you gotta—you gotta have a a little tricky name that kind of expresses wh- how, who you are and you know how you feel about your team or stuff. You know, it might be something. It's <clears throat> uh, let me think. A couple of years ago, uh, I had a a team and I had two tight ends and it was. Uh, Crap, man. I can't think of it right now. Let's scratch that. Sorry, man. All right. Anywho,
0: any, any <laughs> any you talked about the names of the teams. My team name is Devon's team, and that's kind of trash. Can I change it although the season has already started, Kamish? Oh, can man. I change yeah. it? At any
3: at any point in time, you go in to uh to your team and you go to settings. Got it. And uh you you you'll see like the little settings thing and then it'll say edit. And then you edit, and then you just go to name and you change your, your team name. So, how I'll about suggest, this? Like, think of like some players that you have on your team. No, I already got it. it. Like, I
0: already them. got it, Doug. I already got it. My team name go. is gonna be Wake Up and Win, because we do this fantasy oh. segment on the Wake Up and Win podcast. It obviously, you know, is a playoff of my podcast and the name of it, my brand, so on and so forth. But also, the my opponent will know. When I pop up on the schedule and I'm your opponent that week, you got to get ready to talk some shit on this podcast because, you know, the name of this podcast is Wake Up and Win, and that means if you're my opponent, you're going to be joining me just the way that Kenny did, also the same way that Doug is here right now. So I think that's what I'm going to do, Doug. How you feeling at?
3: I'm loving it, man. It's actually a great name because most people, you know, you're waking up on Sunday. You're feeling fresh. Not too much has gone wrong. You have a, a bright expectation for the day and you're ready to win you know
0: absolutely absolutely well Doug appreciate you for joining me man I I know it was tough to do after getting your ass absolutely handed to you so it's never easy I mean I'm gonna have to do it every loss that I take so hopefully you know maybe you got to vent today and you know, relieve some of the stress of, you know, taking that ass whooping. Um, in my case, obviously, I'm feeling good today because I was able to get my first W this season in our fantasy league. So, yeah, um, each week, you know, as a loser, you're probably going to be joining this podcast as a loser because I plan to win out. I took my L already. I plan to win out, Zach. Zach. Who's my opponent this week? I plan to win out. Doug, you said you plan to win out as well, maybe after week three, because it sounds like you're not doing so hot based on what's going on out there today on Thursday night football while we're recording this.
3: Yeah, it's I'm I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Now it's gonna be a battle of like ten and one teams when we meet up again.
0: It's all good.
3: It'll be first and second place right there, baby. Let's do
0: it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Well, Doug, thank you again for joining me this week. Uh, We'll see what you do at the end of this week. You'll obviously be back on this podcast again later on in the season, and we'll catch up soon on one of these Sundays.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.